it's time for the IHSA Safety Podcast. Welcome to the IHSA Safety Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Rayner. This is the second in our three-part series on federal occupational health and safety and how it applies to a significant portion of IHSA's membership, particularly those in the transportation industry. And our three-part series looks at three foundational pieces. So the first, which we've already recorded as episode 71, is what jurisdiction does your business fall under, federal or provincial? And this is part two, where we're going to look at the first steps a federally regulated business should consider when building their occupational health and safety system. And part three, which is to come next, is worker misclassification, which can occur when drivers incorporate themselves and sell their driving services to a carrier. Okay, so all important topics to discuss and very glad to have back two exceptional occupational health and safety experts who have extensive experience in the transportation industry joining us on these podcasts. So uh, very pleased to welcome back to the IHSA podcast, Liz Tavares, Occupational Health and Safety Officer, Employment and Social Development Canada, Labor Program with the Government of Canada. Liz, thank you for so much for joining us again on this podcast. Thanks, Ken. And again, thank you to ESDC and their overall support on this three-part series. And welcoming back, certainly a regular on our podcast, who's not only one of IHSA's subject matter experts on transportation, she's also our Vice President of Stakeholder and Public Relations, Michelle Roberts. Welcome back, Michelle. Thanks, Ken. Okay, so this particular podcast, we're intending for a transportation small business who's operating under federal regulation and wishes to develop an occupational health and safety program. So they're just looking to start out or want to get it going. Liz, let's start with you. Where do you suggest they start? There are many different uh, sites and tools that exist to help businesses develop their OSH program. But to ensure that it is compliant with the correct federal legislation and regulations, a good first step would be to obtain a health and safety expert, a qualified person who is very well versed under the Canada Labour Code Part 2, which is the federal legislation and or legal advice. For employers who know that they fall under federal jurisdiction and want to start an overview of their duties and obligations, the Canadian Centre for Occupational Health and Safety is a website that specializes in federal jurisdiction. IHSA also has some great tools and resources that can be utilized, such as the Fleet Safety Council, which offers a wealth of information for federally regulated employers. As an employer, it is important to understand your duties and obligations that set out under the Canada Labour Code. The following is just a basic list of what an occupational, excuse me, a federal occupational health and safety program should include. A policy statement that establishes a safety culture from the top down, training of management, including supervisors on your occupational health and safety obligations, training of employees of their duties and responsibilities, internal structures such as the health and safety committee to identify risks, determine preventative measures, develop safe working procedures, conduct workplace inspections, and to investigate accidents. Excellent. So all of the key components of an occupational health and safety system, those are all expected both under federal and provincial legislation. So uh, that's great, Liz. You've tackled some of those, you know, those policies, the documentation to address those legislative requirements. What would you suggest an organization looks at next once they've established those policies and documentation? Sure. So once an employer has complied with the requirements that are set out under Part 2 of the Canada Labour Code and the applicable regulations, Uh, They should have a solid occupational health and safety program, including a hazard prevention program, which is part 19 
of the Akash regulations, um, so the Canadian Occupational Health and Safety regulations, which include the identification of all the risks, preventative measures, and training. The Hazard Prevention Plan is a living document. It must be reviewed at least once every three years or whenever necessary. For example, when new tasks or equipment or procedures impact on the risk of the job or after an accident. Everyone should remember that legislation and regulations establish the baseline obligations for employers and employees. What we call the internal responsibility system is an employer-employee partnership with the objective of ensuring a safe, preventative, and disease-free workplace. By keeping employers and employees engaged and involved in identifying risks and solutions, each party is building a stronger and safety culture. All right. What about training? Training is usually an important component of, of a lot of systems. Are there legislative requirements under the Canada Labour Code Part 2 for occupational health and safety training lists? Oh, absolutely there is. So under the Canada Labour Code Part 2, it identifies various requirements as it relates to occupational health and safety training and on-the-job training. So employers have the duty to uh, train their managers and supervisors in health and safety and ensure they're informed of the responsibilities they have under Part 2 of the Code when they act on behalf of the employer. Employers have the duty to train, inform, instruct, and supervise employees to ensure their health and safety at work. Employees are also required to be informed and trained. They're required to know the nature of the workplace and the hazards associate, associated with it, how to use, inspect, and take care of their personal protective equipment. Train, they need to be trained on the hazard prevention program at least every three years, trained and informed when new hazards or new information come up regarding the hazards, and know that they have a duty to report hazards under the Canada Labour Code Part 2, Section 126.1G and uh, 15.3 of the COSH regulations. There is also training under the hazard, excuse me, the um, harassment and violence prevention regulation. Supervisors, directors, people responsible are to receive complaints and employees are also require uh, training under this regulation. Workplace committee members and OSH representatives also require training on their duties and responsibilities under part two of the code. Okay, great overview. Thank you for that. Michelle, just wanted to uh, to switch over to you. Let's maybe talk about some of the tools that IHSA has that can assist a small business owner under for federal jurisdiction, uh, ensuring first that they've identified all their most significant hazards. Yeah, thanks, Ken. Uh, just to build off of what uh, Liz was saying on the hazard prevention program, we've packaged a lot of uh, tools and resources with small business in mind on our website in a way that's easy to access, available at no charge, and hopefully a baseline for them to start um, and customize them. And I would recommend anybody who's in the transportation uh, industry now and they're looking for those resources on our website to go to ihsa.ca forward slash road safety. And I know, Ken, you'll, uh, you'll put a link in the notes uh, for the podcast to be able to find that. But really what we're trying to do there on the road safety page is direct people where they can find quick and easy resources that are going to help them build, as Liz, Liz mentioned, their policy, build their documentation, help them with their hazard assessment program, looking at the, um, the top hazards and then fulfilling, <clears throat> excuse me, some of their needs when it comes to training. So IHSA does have specific training programs for federally regulated employers and employees, including the Canada Labor Code Part 2. We have an overview. And then we also have our federally regulated program that 
deals with roles and responsibilities and helps those that are going to be like an occupational health and safety rep. And then we also have, if you're a supervisor in a federal workplace, the basics of supervising. And, and that's just an example of some of our classroom-based training. But we also offer no-cost or low-cost e-learning, which we recognize that for a small business, they may need the convenience of being able to do it on their own schedule, at their own pace, from their own work location. So we do have a suite of e-learning programs that would help not only strengthen their occupational health and safety program, but in particular in managing their, their road safety-related risks. So including e-learning on preventing motor vehicle incidents, uh, distracted driving, preventing slips, trips, and falls. We have a defensive driving e-learning program and soon to be released we'll have a e-learning coming out on managing driver fatigue but we also have e-learning uh, on those key points that Liz mentioned on managing workplace violence and harassment and we are developing more also on managing mental health. So the one tip that I would like to suggest uh, to any small business that's federally regulated if you're thinking what do I, what training is available and maybe what should I start with is that IHSA has a, what we call a training chart for federal workplaces. And what it does, it identifies the hazards and the topics, uh, references the legislation that says what you should do, and then also points you to a training solution. Uh, so it's a great way to start um, and to get focused on what we should do for training. Okay, so I'm I'm sensing a big collective sigh of relief right now coming from <laughs> so, a whole bunch of listeners because I know Liz went through, you know, really pointedly and, and she spelled it out. Hey, look, these are the things you need to start doing. And I'm sure there were some owners and supervisors out there that are going, okay, now thank you for telling me I need to do all this. Now, where do I go for help? So great to uh, thank you very much for pointing uh, out that IHSA has a lot of assistance and resources that can help those small businesses. And and Michelle, like you are essentially one of the definitive uh, subject matter experts in root cause workshops. Um, you've conducted so many of them and, and already a few for transportation. What are some of the learnings that you conducted from those workshops that might be helpful for a, a transportation small business owner that's listening right now? Yeah, thanks, Ken. I think I've been very privileged to be involved over the past five years in doing some of those targeted industry events where we're we're taking that approach of by the industry for the industry. And we've we've tried to narrow that down through conducting risk assessments and then root cause analysis. And so knowing that this podcast is targeted to small business, I'm going to try to simplify things here. We know that there's a lot of hazards that exist uh, when you're in a transportation-related job, and it's hard for a small business to go, what should I tackle first? What are the biggest problems? So utilizing the risk assessment and then the root cause analysis, we've been able to, and I'll use the, the term, design a little bit of a roadmap that a small business can use to, to adopt and try to focus on the biggest hazards. What are the things that potentially are, are creating the most risk for my business? And what we did was we consulted with the industry, both workers and supervisors, drivers themselves, safety professionals, government uh, parties to say, like, what are the biggest issues and help us uh, create what, what we'll call a top 10 list. And so if I'm a small business and I need to think, where do I need to start? What are my biggest uh, concerns or hazards? What the industry indicated was to focus on managing distracted driving, manage fatigue related, so uh, tired, right? Fatigue and driving, help to educate others on how large vehicles operate so that when we're sharing the road, we can appreciate the different dynamics when it comes to sharing a road with large commercial vehicle. 
raising awareness on slips, trips, and falls in the yard. We know from industry statistics that there's a lot of workplace injuries resulting from a slip, trip, and fall that might happen in the yard. And then a growing concern that we're seeing an increase in claims related to mental health and stress. So, you know, we have a very detailed uh, top 10 list and accompanying report, but knowing that this is targeted to small business, I would say, you know, start with managing distracted driving, fatigue, and slips, trips, and falls, and then shift into including workplace stress and mental health. Excellent. Okay. And, you know, for our listeners out there, you know, Michelle has really been the catalyst, the catalyst from our association in uh, pulling together uh, as many resources related to transportation and being able to keep workers and employers safe. And she's created a uh, road safety solutions, which can be found on IHSA's front page of their, our website. And not only has she really gone to Ontario uh, experts to, to pull together information, she's gone across Canada. She's, she developed a fantastic uh, partnership with WorkSafe BC and has been able to uh, bring a lot of those resources to Ontario. So Michelle, thank you for doing all that. It's been a tremendous help, I'm sure, to the uh, to the transportation industry. Is some of those resources that you've included in Road Safety Solutions? What are some that you'd recommend for an for an owner or someone who's a supervisor that are just starting to build their program? Yeah, great question, and that's one we get a lot, right? Hey, where do I start? It can feel a little bit daunting. So what we tried to do with the road safety solutions is try to package them in smaller chunks, maybe easier to digest, plain language so that it's easy to understand, makes it a little bit more practical. And the resources that we've packaged are also available for anybody to download we start with lots of templates, checklists, policies, procedures, but I want to emphasize that they are designed as a starting point to give you a, a base foundation. And it is very important that you work with other employees and workers to customize those to fit your business needs. It needs to be site-specific, workplace-specific, equipment-specific. But Really, if you go to the road safety solutions page, we have one path, you know, that we suggest you take that will be on your journey to starting to build an effective health and safety program. And it walks through, you know, a simplified plan, do, check, act cycle, which you would have probably, if you've subscribed to our other podcast channels, heard previous episodes on how that works and how that is a pretty common system, plan, do, check, act, in building a health and safety management system. So you know, we followed that same pattern and we've broken it down. So if you're like step one, what should I be focusing on when I'm building my, my occupational and road safety program? It's there. It helps you build the foundations of not only seeking commitment, uh, defining roles and responsibilities, understanding, you know, what your goals and objectives are, and then determining how you're going to measure success. And that would all be done in the, the plan phase. In step two, which is the do phase, that involves what is a key element of your safety program, as Liz had mentioned, is the hazard prevention program. That's where you're really going to identify the hazards that your employees are exposed to and then work through a system of controls because that's the important piece is there are effective controls that can be put in place to protect your workers. And then we walk you through steps 
three, which would be checking. So how do I make sure that the controls we've suggested and put in place are working? Do we have the ability to get feedback from workers to understand if that's you know meeting the intent? And then the step four is act. And then that's where we look at measuring success and finding ways to continually improve. So if you were to think of it in that staged approach of plan, do, check, act, we have tools and resources in every one of those stages for you and templates to start. So again, they're available at no charge. You can just download them. And also I'd like to do a shout out because if you're sitting there wondering, well, maybe I want some assistance and maybe it would help if I was building these tools and resources with some additional guidance that I encourage you to explore IHSA's health and safety excellence program. We do have a lot of small businesses. There's a lot of small business incentives and that's where you can participate with IHSA support and other industry folks who are working on building elements of their health and safety program and you can do it together. And um, we're seeing a lot of success with small businesses doing that and they're also could be eligible for a financial incentive. So that's another great way that IHSA can help not only from the resources that are on the website, but to support you along along your journey. So I definitely encourage you to visit ihsa.ca road safety and be able to pull up some of those examples. Like I talked about checklists, safety talks, visit the e-learning programs because they are based on the top hazards and some of those practical solutions that will get you going relatively quickly and not only help to educate your employees yourself, but anybody who drives for work or shares Ontario road as part of their job. Wow. Okay. Fantastic. Liz, we started with you and you provided clarity on, hey, you know, to start a program, look at your legislative requirements, build some documentation, look to understand the hazards within your workplace and really put together it under a program with the uh, hazard prevention plan or hazard prevention program, and then ensure that you've, you know, you've met all of your training requirements, make sure everyone understands their responsibilities and is trained properly under the Canada Labor Code. And then Michelle, you came in and said, hey, uh, for all those employers out there that are feeling like they're, wow, this is, this is all, this is so much I've got to do. No, IHSA has a lot of resources that can absolutely help you build build your program, meet your legislative needs and assist you. You don't have to do it alone, right? And as Michelle talked about, a lot of those programs that we provide, a lot of those resources are either free or they're at a low cost solution. So thank you both again for joining us on this three-part series with uh, ESDC. Thank you so much for the information you shared today. It was very, very helpful. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us back. All right. And thank you to the listeners for listening to the IHSA Safety Podcast and our three-part series with ESDC on occupational health and safety. Be sure to subscribe and like us on your podcast channel and visit us at ihsa.ca for a wealth of health and safety resources and information. The IHSA Safety Podcast. For more episodes, tips, and all things safety, go to ihsasafetypodcast.ca. Thanks for listening. Start each workday by reinforcing awareness and control of hazards in your workplace with a five-minute safety talk. IHSA's free safety talks manual covers over 150 topics, such as personal protective equipment and traffic control, with more topics added all the time. Visit ihsa.ca to download your free IHSA safety talks manual today.